Welcome to Crime by the Bar. Welcome to Crime by the Bar. It's mystery time. It is. Possibly and probably a Friday. It is a Friday. Mm. Very exciting. (laughs) Another week is over. Indeed. Another two days of freedom. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the time paradoxes. Okay, sorry. Uh, No, no, it's fine. I, I, um, I was just going to bring up because I've had... I've actually had a day off and had a bit of longer uh, off in general. I was not as productive as I thought I'd be. Oh, dear. Um, I did manage to go to a birthday party. And you know this, but you don't know the crowning event. I want to say peach with a cherry on the... Sunday? Cream Sunday cake, whatever. Okay. For some reason, one of the guests was a baby ferret. <gasps> no! <gasps> Why? Well, because the um, parents, the parent, let's say, adoptive uh, mother of the ferret. Yes. Okay. Uh, I, I mean, this was, I think, it was five weeks old or so, so it definitely needed care. So no, she brought it to the party in a tiny little cage with a lot of blankets and no. picked it up, and there was feeding, and it was squeaking so much in the most adorable way. Oh. Um, Why can't all parties have pets at them? Yeah, tiny, tiny cute pets that just like crawl helplessly and lick you constantly and stuff. It licked her. Oh yeah, like anyone who held it, and it just like flumped around with the paws a bit, and then oh. like kept licking everything. And if it got a bit too frisky, it started biting a bit. But there was her. no. Dear. No, bop it on the nose. Yeah. So you had a ferreted birthday party. I had a mm-hmm. cat birthday party, sort of. You did. Um, there is some leftover cake, but it's probably not very nice anymore. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we had a few too many drinks and ordered a birthday cake for our uh, our darling Floof. She um, turned 33 in human years. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she didn't seem very impressed by the cake. Um, it was a human cake, but she 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 had some very nice home cooked food, um, uh-huh. as well as her usual uh, fancy cat food. Hmm. But yeah, that's. I just realised I, apart from actually just letting a cat take part in or steal from your own plate. Oh, really? Um, I never do that. They... No, 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 no. Like a lot of people don't do that, but I've heard and seen it happen or like, oh, they're... and here's a nibbly bit of chicken for you or something Yeah, like that. but I mean, they're not supposed to eat onion or garlic. It can mm. kill them. So it's sort of like everything we eat probably has onion or garlic on it. So I'm really... True. Ooh, no. No, no, I'm just saying I... People do. People do. We're not judging you, just uh, but just I, don't kill cats. I don't think I've ever heard of anyone actually cooking for their oh, cats. Oh, yeah, I always do a home-cooked meal for her on her birthday. Hmm. Um, I wouldn't do it all the time because, well, it's weird and probably not very well-balanced because <laughs> they need to have all the bones and nasty stuff that I'm not going to cook. Mm. But, yeah, usually I do poached chicken and um, maybe some tuna water and poached eggs. Hmm. Um, she can have tuna every so often, but because of the mercury thing, you shouldn't oh, feed them right, it too right. often. Like I've heard of that, yes. But it, as long if it's if it's once a year, a couple times a year, it's fine. But yeah, she got tuna water and poached eggs, and bit of poached chicken, and can't remember what else. Hmm. We uh, we invited 
um, a family member over and didn't inform them that they were coming to her birthday party and just said, oh, by the way, can you bring cat food and make it nice? Um, so then they showed up and we presented it to her as a gift um, and made them sign her birthday card, which is behind you, by the way. Um, he was not impressed. I think the birthday card says something like, I can't believe you're making me write this. <laughs> but fine, whatever. Sorry, I just assumed that uh, Coffee was the one not impressed because, yeah, look at her. <laughs> She's glaring at us like, am I allowed any privacy? Mm. No, darling, you're this not. This is my fucking house. <laughs> I'm sitting here talking. Yeah. You're keeping me awake. Go away. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a good week for pets. Mm, indeed, indeed. Mm. Okay, let's get stuck in. I think so. Yes, we have crimes. We have mysteries, even. I am. Um, I'm really curious about who's worse this week. Yeah. So, from what I've heard, you might have encountered mine, which is not weird because it's quite famous. Um, mine takes place in Finland. I, you know. I, I'm. I think it's based on a horror movie or one. Or I, I think a horror movie is based on your crime. Is that right? That might be right, yes. Okay. Um, I don't watch horror movies. They scare me um, a lot. So I think I know which yours might be, but I also haven't seen it and I don't know the story. Hmm. So, yeah. Oh, I mean, that's good. Um, how do we judge who's is worse this week? I, I definitely thought I would be worse because it's quite grisly. Um are you going into the grisly details? A little bit. Okay, then you can go first, but I think mine's is pretty bad this week as well. Mm -hmm. So, but I don't have gory, gory details. Hmm. Okay, Jonathan, tell me your story. Okay, I can tell you my story. So, we're in Finland. Can I guess where this is? Please do. The most northern point in... Finland. Nope. Oh, mm. okay. <laughs> this is uh, pretty far south, actually. <gasps> Have I been there? It's not impossible. <laughs> You're getting ready to Google shit, I think. Oh, yeah. Um, so Sorry, I will stop. This takes place in Lake Bodum in Espo in Finland. <gasps> I've been to Espo. Mm. Oh, this is amazing. <laughs> I've had many drinks with English people and sang in a bus in Espo. Good show. Yeah, I was a wedding. I was at a wedding there. It was Did a... you go out to a lake out in a foresty thing? No. Okay. So this but, is oh my God, I know what one this is. And it's not the one I thought it was. Hmm. Are there people camping? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I can do surprise face. No, no, you don't. Like, I knew going in that this is, well, this is pretty much the most famous uh, murder in uh, Finland. Okay. Um... Sorry, spoilers. Murder, but yes. I um <laughs> I know this. I can't believe I know this. Mm, then and, I'm very curious to hear your theories. Well, because as we know, it's a mystery. And uh, there's two couples, sort of. Okay, sorry. I'm gonna two stop. Pairs. I'm gonna yeah. stop. I'm gonna stop. Let's go through. This. Jonathan, For, tell me your story. We're going to Lake Espo. Bodum, specifically Lake Bodum, um, which I do feel slightly bad about. I I knew of the general, the area name and mm -hmm. some of the influences. But just looking it up, because Finland and Sweden are pretty close, and of course you also have 
Swedish uh, names for a lot of places. Oh, do you? Oh, I guess because the borders and the people and the... Yeah, there's back and forth. But but I feel a bit bad because apparently the name for Lake Bodum in Swedish is just trying to do Bodum Swamp. And it might What's just be me issue? who has bad connotations with swamp yeah, stuff. Yeah, swamp but makes me think a bit stinky. Yeah, but I mean, this is a gorgeous lake, though. I don't know about the smell. I've just seen pictures. Yeah. And moving pictures. Mm. Mm. So yes, on the 5th of June mm-hmm. in uh, 1960, uh, four teenagers, two pairs, not 100% sure on the actual couple status. Like two of them were definitely dating. I'm assuming the others as well were not sure. Um, but yeah, they were going out camping and um, they went out on motorcycles, brought tents, supplies and headed towards a uh, like a peninsula that was pretty close to one of the more popular beaches there. Uh, the group consisted of Seppo Boisman, sorry, uh, Nils Gustafsson, uh, Irmeli Björklund and Anja Mäki. Both the boys were 18-year-olds and the girls were 15, both of them. I mean... Evenly matched on the uneven scale, I guess. My boyfriend was 18 when I was 15, but hmm. I also lied about my age for a while, so... Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I do not know if that was the case here. So yeah, so 5th of June, it was a Saturday, and uh, the kids kind of set up their tents, um, enjoy the evening, talking, etc., uh, the boys were doing some fishing during the night as well. Uh, but, yeah, they had their evening. They went to bed sometime before midnight. And they were sleeping until at some point during the morning. Probably around five-ish, give or take. While they were sleeping, someone attacked the kids. I know. Mm, I know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it feels weird laughing through this, but here we go. Uh they were bludgeoned as they were lying in the tent. So they were bludgeoned from the outside uh, with some kind of blunt weapon. All four of them had uh, bruising and head injuries. And uh, Seppo and Irmeli were also stabbed through the tent. So both blunt and uh, pointy weapons. Those are the girls? Uh, no, it was one boy and one uh, girl. Seppo, Anya and Irmeli. Um, Seppo, boy. Anya Imerly girls, uh, they, um, the, the cause of death for them were blows to the head. Basically, yep, that was lethal. But it was also revealed uh, pretty early, uh, as in revealed to the press, the police knew, uh, that Imerly was found outside on top of the tent yeah, with no clothes from the waist down and with a lot of stab wounds, the, uh, the majority of which were inflicted post-mortem as well whoa so indicators of a bit of rage there let's yeah say. uh so oh yeah finally nils had several injuries uh, most severe of them were blows causing his jaw and a lot of his facial bones to be fractured uh, but he also had injuries to his uh, abdomen and other parts and stuff yeah but he survived I know. Which you, of course. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so, since you know this, you might have seen I'm trying to go your route and have some pictures. So this was the show? actual tent. No, I haven't seen looked it. during the uh, investigation. It's a it's a really old school like um, girl guide, cub scout style mm. tent. Like it's 
it's tent shaped. It's not like one of these modern pop up um, <laughs> domed tents. Well, it's like if you see a tent in a cartoon, it will be have that shape. Basically. Yeah, I I just assumed it would be um, totally different. That's a lot of blood. It really is. And um, I never really thought about how the blood spatter would go, but it's it's kind of so it's this is a black and white picture, so it it's not. It's not super gory if you don't know what you're looking at, but if you know what you're looking at, it's like slashed open and it looks like someone's gone at it with a, a paintbrush up and down and up and down until the paint runs out. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, running from the top to just below halfway down the tent. Mm-hmm. Those are the stab marks. They must be the stab marks. They're not the bludgeon marks. They can't be the bludgeon marks. There's some chunky bits that are the bludgeon marks that's horrible it could probably be that as well but i'm just imagining if you're attacking them through the tent that it will like collapse and you're just like pushing down hitting stabbing etc so was the was the tent collapsed i always assumed it would be collapsed uh so did i as far as i understand it it was definitely collapsed i think this image shows it upright and that's also what i'm thinking with the uh, how the uh, blood would get smeared that way yeah uh, i'm just assuming this is during the investigation they needed to put it up and they're trying to you know do the forensics yeah um but uh, even in black and white you can tell that something pretty dark happened there if if you don't know it's blood it really doesn't look bad at all but you know what i mean it just it it looks like a point yeah (laughs) have another drink (laughs) as we will need to Uh, but yeah so nils survives and a short while later on the um uh, sunday morning uh so this was like right after six or so Mm -hmm. um where I'm assuming like the first people started going to the beach and there was a pair of bird watchers that were uh, out early and yeah, they found the tent and basically the massacre. Um, they stated to the police that they had seen a blonde man leaving the area earlier in a suspicious way. Unfortunately, there are a lot of blondes in Finland. There are, yes. Um, but yeah, they, they called the police. Nils was uh, rushed to hospital and he was stuck there for weeks before he recovered. Uh, he claimed that he couldn't remember anything about the evening, night or morning at all. So just total amnesia. Yeah. But as the police investigated the area, they couldn't find like no hard clues whatsoever. Um, but what they did find was more of a, like a lack of things, a lack of items, which was weird. Mm-hmm. Um, so first off, like no trace of any murder weapon neither blunt nor stabby that is you know okay the killer probably took that with them or hid it yeah um but there were also a lot of like seemingly random items missing from what the kids supposedly had brought to the campsite okay so like the keys to both motorcycles had been taken uh, but the bikes were still there okay and uh, they, they were completely untouched um they found Nils's shoes they found like 800 meters away from the tent hmm. like approximately half a mile away wow and uh, Seppo's leather jacket was missing and some other weird things Nils so, didn't uh, remember any reason why the shoes might be out there or no I mean he said he remembered nothing yeah but maybe the shoes happened in the afternoon or whatever oh oh no 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 the, there were didn't appear to be any logical explanation for that, no. 
And the leather jacket of the other guy. Mm-hmm. Mm. Seppo? Yes. As police start asking around, of course, they got a lot of witness statements uh, describing a man with blonde or light hair yeah, in the area. Yeah, funny that. <laughs> Uh, but the very statements weren't that reliable and like they couldn't really make a connection. It was tricky to tell they didn't have details. Yeah. During the next month or so, the police, they, they were really struggling by now. And they actually arranged for Nils to be hypnotized in an effort to bring back the memories of the I event. I heard about this. Mm. So under hypnosis, he apparently described a man who had cut through the tent, assaulted the friends with a knife and an iron pipe. And they also um, hypnotized the son of a fisherman, who was one of the first witnesses. Yeah. Um, and trying to get, like, more clarity in his witness statement, which was, you know, vague and, yeah, blonde dude moving away from there. You seem to be making faces and noises that make me think you're skeptical about hypnotism. Not, not as much, especially not in this case. I'm more skeptical about a lot of the witnesses. Yeah, okay. Um, but uh, no, no, I, I know it can be uh, useful, if not as concrete, if we're talking in court proceedings and whatnot. Uh, in court proceedings? Has anyone ever been hypnotized in court? No, no, no. As I, I, I meant as an doing that for a witness description or so like they, okay. they did actually get from Nils um, they uh, did get like a mock-up sketch of a man which didn't really lead anywhere okay. I know. here's uh, a generic Finnish man it, not really generic man in general I guess oh, um, I know some people have tried to make connections through that sketch I've seen it I didn't bring it up because more okay sorry I'll switch <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Uh, but but yeah, they they, they couldn't get any uh, uh, solid breakthroughs through this. As we know, this is a mystery. Uh, but the police have had several suspects over the years. They've even had a couple of confessions, actually, okay. from some people. I've ruled, there's been a lot of um, suspects. I've ruled out a couple of them from our story here. Uh, but um, uh, no, like most of the suspects either turned out to have like alibis. Or just there wasn't enough evidence. Uh, and um, yeah, the confessions were definitely not listed as reliable. No. Uh, no. What did the confessions come out of? Like spontaneous ones or police putting pressure? Mostly spontaneous stuff. So there was one uh, troubled, really young guy who um, had a history of... Uh, mental illness and also violence and stuff like that uh, but he he basically tried to confess it but they're like sit down yeah stop talking kind of uh that ended a bit tragically though he oh. he um uh, died by suicide a bit uh, later but uh, um, poor guy mm, troubled but a lot of troubles they're they're sure that he had nothing to do with it though yeah yeah okay uh, as far as i understood it from what i read like the the statements he made he couldn't really say things that weren't all public knowledge and the timings didn't match and stuff like that uh, but some of the um most popular suspects that have let's say endured mm -hmm. for both or either the police or media in general was um, one of the first ones hans Asman. okay uh, German-born. Yes. Hence the Osman. Um, or the Hans. 
Is Hans well, also considered more than I hear Hans? I think German Austrian. It is relatively common in, in the Nordic region in general. Oh, okay. In a lot of like sources and discussions I've read, uh, a lot of people thought, at least at the time, that he was basically a KGB spy. Yep. Uh, and a lot of people also pointed that he might have been doing some pretty bad things, possibly during World War Two and stuff like that. Yep. I know about this theory, by the way. <laughs> legit, yes. He, the, the main thing that kind of put him forth as a suspect was that he apparently showed up at a hospital in Helsinki mm-hmm. on the 6th of June, behaving rather oddly, uh, wearing clothes all covered in red stains. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, so for a long while he was both the media and the public's favorite suspect uh, and several books have been written very much like pointing him as saying oh, of course he's the murderer um, <laughs> and also been the basis of uh, other things um, but police never really pushed that much of an investigation in his direction uh, which infuriated many people of course but um, actually in 2005 there were some documents released uh, to the public uh, showing that police knew that he had an alibi for the murders, uh, which were not made public due to kind of the sensitive nature of the information. And it was not like KGB spy stuff. Yeah. Uh, it was more... So I, I had a bit of a tricky time trying to find and translate sources on this, because especially when we come into relations, talking about multiple people, and even with pronouns... Uh, uh, it's so confusing. It got tricky with translating that. I did get some help from a colleague, but in general, so Hans was married. Okay. His alibi was his mistress and her handyman, who I think her sister was married to, and there <laughs> might have been something more slightly unconventional relationship set up. Not entirely sure, but at the very least, there was some um, uh, adultery going on and stuff like that. But, but everyone was aware, apart from possibly his wife? Uh, not everyone, so apparently the police kept this quiet, I suppose. I, I mean, that's kind of admirable that the police are even caring about not screwing up someone's big, dirty, mm. filthy affair secrets, but... Uh... Yeah, okay. Yeah. No, so please correct us on this if this is completely off the mark, but like not um not a lot of sources still kind of want to paint him as the main suspect, but I found a couple mentioning this specifically the 2005 documents. I couldn't find the documents themselves. Okay. Um but the reporting and discussing on it looks like no no, the the police just knew and didn't want to push it because of yeah, he was having too much fun in a way that would not be accepted. Okay. Um, but yeah, he apparently had a solid alibi. But uh, Details might be slightly different. Uh, so also apparently the red stains were just paint. Oh, come on. That seems super suspicious. So yeah, it seems suspicious. Um, and, and also he went for some abdominal pains to the hospital, just imagine. The weird thing was, so one of the major... Uh, people pushing him as a suspect was also someone who used to be a doctor at that time who apparently someone that came in and I think he wrote some books on uh, pretty 
uh, big books basically just like detailing the murder and pointing him as the murderer kind of hmm. um they never did any analysis on his uh, clothes or anything and that was just pushed later so the next suspect is valdemar julström okay the owner of a kiosk who was pretty nearby and he was locally very well known for hating campers Oh, I know this guy. I couldn't remember his name, but I know this guy. He was known as yelling at people. Not just yelling. like He was yelling, threatening, uh, cutting down tents, yep. uh, throwing rocks at people, um, and coming through, traveling. He got super grumpy in his old age. It sounds like he was grumpy always. Um, so, uh, actually, some townspeople had come forward later stating that they had seen him leave the murder scene yeah. at that time, uh, but that they were too afraid to come forward at uh, back in the day. I mean, to be fair, if you thought someone had um, tried to murder four people and successfully killed three, mm. I'm, I'm not going to be keen on going, hey, it was that guy over there. Don't tell him I told you, but it was definitely that guy. Yeah, but... I the same time like if there's no evidence even if you're worried but like okay this comes off as okay grumpy and aggressive weirdo over there yeah and i would not be as worried that they would like be tailing me or somehow snooping out that i sent a tip or something no i'd be worried that grumpy nasty horrible guy would find out that i i said grumpy nasty horrible guy probably stabbed those teenagers oh and, oh yeah oh, and then oh, that of guy course. comes after you that would be a worry but i would still think that i could even if i might not want to like testify in the stand i could send a tip to the police yeah saying, but i wonder oh, how many tips they got they probably got a lot. He probably got a lot. We'll get to that. Okay. <laughs> Which is also when I'm uh, like, yes, people have said this, but I'm also slightly doubtful about all the statements here. Uh, oh, yeah, because uh, also uh, way later, uh, some of the people from the town, some people had said that he had like straight out claimed responsibility for the murder at some point. Uh-oh. Mm. Uh, one of the more suspicious things he did was, apart from, you know, the assault people, um, was he had filled up like a well or a pit in his uh, backyard a couple of the days after the murder. But his house and the surrounding area was searched pretty thoroughly by the police. They couldn't find anything. But people had seen him like working on something suspiciously looking like, you know, Stowing away evidence, possibly. Mm. He did, however, have an alibi for the night of the murder. Of course he did. Um, His wife claimed that he'd been home uh, while she was awake through the entire night. That sounds totally Mm. likely. But later... he just yelled through the window at passing birds. (laughs) Sorry. Oh, oh, no, the the yelling, I don't think they denied. (laughs) But he probably didn't do that that night. Um, But... Later, before she died, she did claim that her husband had threatened and forced her to lie for him and give him a statement. Oh, dear. So, in 1969, so nine years after the murders, he drowned in Lake Bodum. On purpose? It is widely believed to be a suicide. And it was at that point that people started, you know, talking. Because he's gone now and we can do it. Kind of. Hmm. 
those are the main suspects for a long while. And basically, no progress was made at all. Um, but, and this was kind of fun to look up, um, just like in Sweden and Norway. Mm. Not entirely sure about Denmark, but Sweden and Norway. Uh, there is no statute of limitations for the most severe crimes like murder. That's good. I think that should be standard. Hmm. Uh, so in early 2004, so almost 44 years after the murders. That's insane. Mm-hmm, Nils Gustafsson was arrested for the three murders. Okay. Pretty much out of the blue to anyone who, yeah, th- this was not something people were suspecting, especially not after this time, but like there had been no mention of him being a suspect at all before that. But the case had been reopened, um, and with more modern DNA technology and stuff like that, the police felt that they had support for their suspicions of Nils being the murderer. Okay. Uh, so the trial started on the 4th of August, 2005. Yeah. And uh, the prosecution was pushing for life imprisonment of the now 63-year-old Nils. Uh, before the uh, case was actually brought up in court, like or up until that point, mm-hmm. uh, the general opinion was basically that Nils had sustained really, really severe injuries, almost to the point of being like at the brink of death by the time he finally got help. However. The prosecution contested this and uh, asserted as one of the main points, both that Nils's injuries had been exaggerated and that the supposed memory loss could not be justified. Did they take photos of the injuries? Not that I could find i'm pretty sure they had enough uh, since i mean he got into a hospital and was treated for ages that they had enough records but yeah um i would kind of assume so but um i haven't seen them i did not look sorry uh, i just like read like if you're actually fr- uh, fracturing several bones in your face and getting more damage to your stomach like okay i mean that's pretty grim that looks severe yeah uh, in the end, on this point, the court found that in spite of attempts of bringing in new testimonies from various medical professionals to prove the opposite, Nils would basically have been incapacitated and incapable of committing the murders due to the um, the injuries he had. Yeah, mm. I mean, yeah, you'd think. Yeah, well, uh, that's what the court found in this reevaluation. Um, the prosecution. What a waste of time to go through all this and then for nothing to come of it. I'm not sure. I mean, do you think he did it? Okay, sorry, go on. We're going to get to my theories later, but like, it's not impossible. And like, if you have one survivor, that shouldn't automatically be ruled out, I suppose. Yeah. Another point that the prosecution pushed was that, um, they really pushed that the main motive for all of this was Nils being um, having his sexual advances towards Irmeli rejected. And um, one point, one fact pointing towards this, according to them, was the fact that he had a condom in his wallet. But okay, seriously. maybe sixties is a bit different because you think so? Well, yeah, the AIDS crisis hasn't hit, and. Mm. Do, do people care as much? But um, I think in the 60s, that's a bit weirder than it is now. Hmm. Everyone carries a condom now. Like, or they should. Yeah, but like even if, you, even if you're not interested in men and you don't 
have uh, the correct apparatus. I think most people carry a condom. Mm. Aside from anything else, it's really good in case of an emergency, like leaks or whatever. <laughs> no, but True. like... No, 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 I, I agree. I'm just happy left. But, um, yeah. 60s, that is maybe a bit weird. Okay. I just brought up, brought that up as a ridiculous example. But yeah, they, they basically point because, yes, there was a, there was a relationship there. And I'm well, wondering signs they- pointing to... What was the expiry date in condoms back then? They last as long as a loaf of bread and they cost as much as a house. <laughs> probably. That would be interesting to check up, actually. Hmm. They probably were super expensive. Yeah. Romans made them out of um, sheep intestines and mm-hmm. stuff. I mean, I, I thought that was pretty much standard approach around the globe. Sheep intestines? Well, intestines. Um, sorry, I thought pig mostly. Actually. Pig? Sorry, maybe. Oh, sheep is for um, sausages. Sausages and condoms. Mixed up all the time. (laughs) Um, Anyway, sorry, segue. You go back to it. I won't interrupt this time. (laughs) I did want some feedback on that one, but apparently not, possibly not as ridiculous. Uh, but but yeah, so they basically, the scenario they painted was the rejection of sexual advances Mm -hmm. uh, combined with the... Apparently, Seppo and Nils had been drinking, not that weird, supposedly arguing that night, mm. which I'm not sure how much basis there is for that, but... How do they know that? Pushing yeah. that as a scenario, at least. Uh, and that was, like, the build-up for everything that happened. Uh, but the court did find that this theory did not hold water with the um, presented evidence. Yeah. So, no. So, when this came out, like, a ton of witnesses came forward in the tabloids, mostly. Um, like, really loose statements, mostly just, like, working on the uh, already released details. Um, like, a lot of people saying that, no, no, but of course I, I saw him, or that was suspicious. Uh, several people even claimed that Nils had confessed to the murders. Whoa, okay. To them. Um, and, like, it was just a ridiculous, huge amount of people coming up with these stories or presenting these stories um, to the degree that basically everyone involved in the court proceedings, like prosecution and events regardless, had to shut everything out because like, no, this can't be, um, (laughs) like, this is getting ridiculous at this point. One that wasn't dismissed immediately, I'm guessing due to the source, was uh, during the trial... Uh, the prosecution also brought up a statement from, this was the time of the preliminary investigation, uh, when he was first arrested in 2004. Mm-hmm. Uh, but supposedly, when hearing and realizing that he was going to be arrested, Nils just broke down. And when they brought him to his cell, he supposedly threw himself on the bed, exclaiming, what's done is done, it'll be 15 years, or something like that. I don't think that's that bad. Do you? You think that's super incriminating? No, no, no. I don't think that's incriminating at all. Mostly also uh, circumstances of presenting this because like, they, of course, brought this up as like an admission of guilt. Yeah, I, I um, don't think that's fair. Uh, it, just as it is, I, I wouldn't uh, have taken that either. Uh, but then... The two main points against this was, first, Nils was bilingual. He might have been misunderstood in his emotional state because, you know, 
getting arrested for murdering your friends 44 years ago. Wait, wait, he actually said it in English. No, no, he said it in uh, Finnish. Okay. But he was bilingual. Might have been misunderstood, whatever mm-hmm. he tried to say. Uh, but also the main point that this was brought up one and a half years after it happened. Yeah. And of course, Nels claimed that he had no recollection of saying that, and that that sounded kind of weird. Uh, so finally, on the 7th of October, 524 days after he was first arrested, um, the court pronounced him not guilty in a 31-page-long verdict. What? Which I kind of wanted to glance at, but I couldn't get my hands on it. This is why you're asking about having access to criminal... Um, to court proceedings and oh, all that kind of stuff. Oh, no, uh, actually, I've, I've been thinking about that a lot earlier as well. Um, I think it was two episodes ago or so when I really, really tried to find something. And I think it might have been Australia where they had like completely outsourced the transcript thing and you needed first like buy a membership and then pay per page or something to get it. It okay. was weird. Um, uh, but no, this would still have been fun. Um Uh, but but yeah, so yeah, it, it was long while after he was first arrested. Uh, just know, at first when I read that, I thought it was yeah he was uh, in a cell for that time. But no, it was he was only fully detained for like fifty nine days. And then he was allowed out on bail. Yeah, kind of, or uh, I'm assuming just kind of semi parole thing. I'm not entirely sure if we do bail the same way up there, but yeah. but the what we do have. Uh, there is a law that calls for uh, like a compensation for loss of liberty, yeah, which is a good thing. Um, so, from the state, if someone is declared not guilty, uh, Nils was initially offered nineteen thousand two hundred euros, uh, but they did push back and negotiated and ended up on forty four thousand nine hundred euros, which is almost fifty two thousand four hundred dollars in today's rate. For what? For having to go through a trial. Uh, pretty much. That seems crazy. Hmm. Like still being like fully detained and then under all the scrutiny and all that for all that time. Hmm. It, it's still, if he's not guilty, that's good that he gets something. Uh, but I am yeah, kind of impressed that like... they managed to push it up to more than twice the amount. It's kind of insane. I find that crazy because people are falsely imprisoned and get less money. Hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm, I socialist mean, it does Finland. depends on the uh, country. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nils also tried to sue the media for defamation as well, which is kind of fair enough. Yeah, uh, he didn't get anywhere there though. That's so. a shame. No, mm. I think that's something that that should be a bit more fair. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's basically the last update we have on it. It's still unsolved. No one knows. Everyone has their favorite um, favorite candidate. What's yours? Tell me yours. Well, I'm. Or do you want to know mine first? Oh, I do. Kind of want to know yours. Yes. I don't know, um, <laughs> but I, I think, I think it just might be some random opportunistic killer. I mean. I wouldn't be massively surprised if it was the um, the angry, shoddy neighbor guy. <laughs> But I don't find it weird that the bike keys went missing and I don't find it weird that the um, the jacket and the shoes were really far away. Hmm. 
the shoes especially and the the motorbike keys especially i think it's it's like someone might have seen the four of them camping and waited for them to go to bed and if they had the chance to steal the motorbike keys and some shoes and whatever else beforehand mm. then it's going to make it more difficult to flee i mean the leather jacket as well to a certain extent yes and especially when so, there's four of them, it's quite difficult to control. So if mm. you take away um, a method for, for getting away mm. and you're talking about a lake surrounded by trees and you're not going to be wanting to run around barefoot. Yeah, true. So, so yeah, the, um, uh, the keys, uh, I can see that in that theory. Uh, the jacket, the jacket wasn't just moved. Just to clarify, it was completely. The taken jacket away. was gone, right? Yeah, the jacket was and gone. And the shoes were eight hundred meters away, so he's yes. not going to find them and be able to run off. And there was also a lot of mentions on that the murderer or whomever it was actually wore his shoes. What? Okay, no, that's walking creepy. away in them. That's creepy. But that was like most of the notes on that was pretty confused, and I. I decided not to bring it up, but yes, that, but that would be creepy. Yes, but so, I, mm, yeah, no. I also think the overkill on one of the girls. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's that weird. I think if you um, if you have four people, mm -hmm. you're not going to be able to do overkill necessarily on all of them. So maybe. No, but it, it is the, the, the weirder thing to me is the fact that, yes, we have, um, like the people who died, died from the uh, blunt force trauma, the bludgeoning, mm -hmm. but like all of them, except for Nils, were stabbed and then doing the whole, presumably getting Emily out of the tent, putting her on top of the tent. She might have tried to run out, of course, but sounded like everyone got so much damage that was too fast for that but still getting out there stabbing her so many times but also having time to stab the other two mm -hmm. but then leaving completely alive Nils on the side couldn't I mean they were all in the tent right if she was trying to get out mm -hmm. if or if she just happened to be the one closest to the um to the cut in the tent or mm -hmm. the the one that you can most easily grab mm. what's to stop her just being chucked on top of the tent and i mean you see the the marks on the tent killer could have just gone for it and the other mm. ones you just accidentally stabbed as you're going crazy on on her that's true it's true and i think it's in some ways okay i'm um, he was acquitted, so officially he is <laughs> not guilty. But you know, I I am kind of, I'm not I'm not saying there's absolutely no way he could have done it. I just I don't think it's that suspicious that he wasn't stabbed. I I think of it as one of those situations where you play dead to try to avoid having someone mm. come at you. And if if you can see or if you're aware enough of what's happening, then instinct will kick in. And if you can roll away or budge away in any way, like. If he's grabbing this girl and pulling her out of the tent and mm. you have a chance to kind of move to an edge, then you're going to do that. Mm. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, it is so hard to try to piece it together without a you know, timeline. Well, I guess it all I, happened in, so quickly as well. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Anyway. Uh, during the um, 
I didn't print the images, but I'll show you later and okay. we'll put on the website. Um, during the uh, investigation in 2004, 2005, when they mm -hmm. brought everything up again, they actually got the the original tent and put it up in like the courtroom no. on display and stuff like that, which was that's super creepy, kind of bizarre to see, but also interesting. Can you imagine doing that? Mm. Oh no! I mean, especially for Nils, I suppose. That would rattle me, mm. especially if if you were there. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, what's your theory? What do you think happened? Shady neighbor. Kind of. I'm, okay, so among the suspects, shouting neighbor is so. Uh, Yulström uh, is kind of on the top of the list for me. Um, part of me kind of does feel that this could just have been, like you said, like just a completely uninvolved, separate person. Yeah. Um, but yeah. No, I've, uh, uh, my uh, Finnish colleague, do you agree that um, the kiosk shouty Yulström man was... Um, uh, that's his pick for the uh, killer, but like looking partially looking through the um, uh, looking through the ages, looking through the years, um, the like the favorite suspect has changed a bit. So like for the longest time, the um, KGB man, supposed KGB man Hans Asman, yeah. uh, was uh, everyone's favorite. Then shifted uh, after this trial. Like people, there are a lot of people still thinking that uh, Nils did it. And I did find I was going to do something I really do, but I'm bringing up a poll. You're bringing up a poll. Mm. Finnish on, public opinion? Well, it's a very, let's say it's a niche uh, audience to poll, but this is from like a big, basically like the unofficial murder forum for Finland. Um, with like murders and crimes and stuff like that. Okay. I'm not feeling that we can really judge in this situation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm enjoying judging. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, but so the favorites on this forum is the absolute winner is Nils Gustafsson. Wow. 47%. Number two, 20%. Oh, I forgot that. I actually think it was like complete outsider, outsider, someone who hasn't been mentioned as a suspect. Okay. After that, we have Shouty Kiokman. And then Hans Asman with twelve percent in fourth place. Then there were they are mentioning some others which I kind of dismissed as quite loose, and I see the public appear to agree with me on that. There was like an possibly ex-boyfriend of uh, Irmeli and one kind of violent. I think it was like a guy from a biker gang that they were suspecting a bit, but nothing really panned out. So what actually, to tie this back together, because we're still on a weekly theme. Yeah, see, I'm wondering movies. what the hell movie this is. Mm. This is, I'm going the other direction from last week. Uh, so a movie inspired by these events. Yeah. Which is called Bodum. That's all it's called. Well, in Finnish, it's called, I'm pretty sure it's called Lake Bodum. In, but it's uh, a English. Finnish movie. It's a Finnish movie. And it's... It's based on this, as in it takes place in relatively modern day with a bunch of kids going out to camp because basically they have one guy who is slightly obsessed about the murders and want yeah. to do like a reenactment yeah. and go out and camp and then discuss theories and stuff like oh. that. And then stuff happens. Of course it does. Mm -hmm. And 
people don't really like this movie. <laughs> Why did have... you pick this? It kind of popped up and I realized that I just knew I didn't know enough about the crime and I didn't did want to investigate it. But not that many people like the movie, but especially not Finns. Um, but I actually quite enjoyed it. You've seen it? Yeah. Okay. I watched it after I did all my research because, like, okay, uh, it does not appear to be widely released or available. It was tricky to get my hands on uh, outside of Finland, so I couldn't get that much info on the actual movie. But I wanted to wait with watching it before uh, until I had researched the actual crime first. So, I, so then you could watch and judge. Yeah. Yeah. But well, I had low expectations, but it was really quite nice. I enjoyed their take on it. It's a horror movie, but... Ugh. No. No, thank you on the horror movies. <laughs> well, I'm just thinking, if I was going to pull my opinion on um, mm. on this, what would I say? I think Shouty Neighbor Guy is a really good option. Mm. Um, and the alibi is definitely suspicious, but suspicious alibi doesn't mean you did it. No. Um, and also just because you're shitty doesn't mean you're a stabby person um, <laughs> random or that guy I, I'm not mm. voting Niels what about you? Nels. yeah I'm, I'm not voting Niels either uh, I'm it feels weird to use these words but I would kind of prefer to be a random guy but out of the list yeah Yulström is the strongest I thought you were going to pick um, what is that horror movie called? The Town Without Sunset or one of those type ones? I don't think I've seen that one. I might have just made up the name but mm. there, there's one of those movies that's based in Alaska or Finland or Sweden or something where <laughs> really long <laughs> nights for a period of time and then people get all stabby and crazy. Hmm. But you didn't. I did not. Um, I had a bit of issue. I was trying to think of movies first and then follow up on crimes, but especially when it comes to Finnish movies, mm -hmm. almost all of the ones that I watch are very much not based nor grounded in reality and rather... Hmm. <laughs> okay, shall we take a break? Yeah, we can take a break. Digest the... Finish mystery. Get another drink. That too. I don't know that mine is better than yours, as in. I don't know that yours was worse this week. Oh, okay. But I could also be a bit. Okay, go get your drink when we come back. We're getting a drink and we'll be right back. Mm. I don't know why I said it like that. We'll be right back. And we're back. We are back, yes. Lovely drinks and hopefully one more crime. Or do we have more crimes? Oh, we just have one. Crimes upon crime. I'm being good today. <laughs> um, but I can I can start with a, a question. Please do. Um, not the usual question. <gasps> oh. Do you know how ages work in Korea? It's not like you turn one on your birthday and two on your next birthday and three on your next birthday. I did not know this. Okay. Um, basically, in Korea, when you're born, everyone is one year old. 
automatically mm-hmm. you're one year old. You turn two um, at the new year, so either Chinese New Year, Lunar New Year, depending mm-hmm. on how you count it. But so it can vary. But yeah, if you're born on New Year's Eve, um, then you can be two years old a couple of days later. Okay. Um, so it makes it kind of confusing whenever it comes to uh, translating ages from Korean ages into Western ages. Hmm. But there's a, a really nice website I came across. Uh, I'll, I'll put it on our site um, where someone has very kindly put up a calculator that will translate your age into Korean hey. age and regular age and, um, well, Korean age, Western age and Korean by Chinese New Year age. It's quite good. It's basically like the century system, but with a tweak on, well, no, I guess not. It is basically like a century, kind of like a century. You, you just plus one to your age a bit, sort of. Yeah, but then then the actual birthday, or let's say the legal number-changing birthday, will be the same for everyone, basically. Yeah, hmm. which is weird, right? You still celebrate your birthday, though. It just, well, sure. Well, you do, but... Yeah, yeah, but you don't get older. Which is so bizarre, but... Um, <laughs> I mean, what is age, regardless? <laughs> what is age? Yeah. It's that thing that keeps making you sad once a year as you blow out candles. Um, yeah. In that case, you might as well lament the constant second-by-second second decay of your cells and stuff like that. <laughs> I, I don't really have a problem with getting older, and then every so often someone posts a thing on Facebook like, oh, I can't believe I just turned 23, I'm so old, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, <laughs> What? Oh, what? Mm. Um, but, yeah, okay. Um, so, the reason I'm telling you this is because this is um, uh, an infamous um, story from South Korea. And mm-hmm. all the ages are given in Korean ages. And even in Western media are given in Korean ages. And I could only find the birth months for some of them. So, uh, I, I can't even translate them all to Western ages, which is quite frustrating. I think we'll get by regardless. Yeah. Right? Um, but I am going to talk about the Frog Boy incident. Or the Frog Boys, I guess. Plural. Plural. Hmm. Um, it's, they, there was a, a full-blown fictional sort of movie made out of it in 2011. Mm-hmm. It's a South Korean film. It's really recommended. It's I think it's got around... Uh, an 8 out of 10 on IMDb. Hmm. Um, and the movie is called Children. But, yeah, we're talking about the Frog Boys today. Hmm. I'm intrigued and I have not heard of them. I actually, this has been on my list to do for a while, but, um, and it's really not what I expected to do for our, um, our second movie episode, but <laughs> here we are. So we are in Daegu in South Korea, which is um, a pretty big city. It's like three million people. Hmm. But the kids we're talking about lived in um, a little region within the city. So um, it's still, you know, everyone kind of knew each other. Hmm. Um, It is 8 a.m. Tuesday, the 26th of March, 1991. Um, It's actually a national election day. It was the first national election day for a regional council. So... Everyone is off school and off work, which is kind of nice rather than having to fit in voting around your normal schedule. Should be that way. I think so. Um, And six boys who are all friends from the local... It it translated 
um, as the local Bible elementary school. I, I don't know if it's religious or not or, or how it translated like that, but that's what it did. Um, mm. But yeah, these six boys, um, they all go to the local elementary school and they were playing together near the house of one of the six boys. Um, so their names are Wu Chil Won, um, Ho Yo Yun, um, Kim Yong Gu, Park Chan In, um, Kim Yong Sik, and finally Kim Ter Yong. Um, so their their ages ranged <laughs> in Korean ages from nine to thirteen. So the oldest uh, Wu Chil one was in sixth grade he was 13 and mm. the youngest was kim young sik and he was nine and he was in third grade okay. um so this is 91 their birth dates were between uh, 1979 and 1983 okay so they're they're playing near the house of the the second oldest boy uh yoho um and they seem to be in pretty good spirits kids are off school for a day it's kind of nice kind of exciting parents are off work as well so it's sort of like a bonus saturday mm-hmm. um kim Terry young left the other five boys to to go and have breakfast at his house and he was going to later catch up with them and and do whatever they were going to do um he ended up meeting them at the base of mount where young um, where the rest of the boys had, had since decided they were going to go up there and start collecting salamander eggs. In initial reports, it was reported as frogs or frog eggs. Um, so this is where the frog boys thing came oh, from. Okay. But it was totally mistranslated. It was always salamander eggs. Kim Tae-young had just been told by his mother during breakfast that he wasn't allowed to go that far. So he ended up just leaving them at the bottom of the mountain and going home once again. Um, the The five remaining boys headed on up towards the mountain with their snacks, their powdered milk, um, everything packed for the day. Mm. Um, there are actually a lot of mixed reports on when they actually climbed the mountain. The mountain is a couple of kilometers away from home. So if they were by bike, um, then it, it wouldn't have taken very long to get there. If they were on foot, it would have taken half an hour, 45 minutes. Mm. But um, between their homes and the mountain itself, they kind of knew everyone. Everyone knew them. There were a lot of sightings of them. Um, there was a local police officer referred to as Aunt Kim, who lives at the bottom of the mountain. She reported seeing the five boys around 9am. Um, she was heading off to vote and going down to the local school to pick up a few things. So she knew the time pretty accurately. Mm. Um, and then whenever she headed back later on, it was around 2pm and she said she saw them again. There were other locals that said that, um, they saw the boys around 12 also at the bottom of the mountain. Um, but it, it's a little bit confusing. Like it's it's difficult to build a timeline. Um, there was another fourth grader at the school called Ham Sung Hoon, who uh, was he's about eleven years old. He was born in nineteen eighty one, so he's like smack bang in the middle of uh, the ages of the kids that were up there. He was up there with his brother um, and possibly also a neighbor on the same day that around midday they were also searching for salamander eggs oh but just separate group basically. yeah okay. so like it's it's not weird that they were up there and they definitely weren't the only ones in the mountain it's it's quite a small mountain actually it's only uh, i think three or four hundred meters tall hmm. um yeah 400 meters tall so like 1300 feet um and 
we know that um, these kids had been up there many times and their parents weren't worried apart from the, the mother that said, no, you cannot go. Mm. Um, but yeah, so this other fourth grader, Ham, he was also up the mountain that day. He, strangely enough, reported hearing two urgent screams near the top of the mountain around 12 noon. Um, but mm. I didn't find very many references for this. Only um, The only references I could find were in... Uh, in uh, South Korean news articles. Mm -hmm. And as far as I can tell, he heard them, but didn't do anything about it because you're at the top of the mountain and what do you do? Like, do you go towards it? Do you run away? You you sort of listen out, but you don't hear anything else. You don't really do anything. I don't know. I would hope that unless there's like a big unknown threat of like huge wolves or bears or stuff roaming the mountains. Then that I in that case I get like oh, okay probably shouldn't go that direction, um, otherwise it will probably be someone I would assume most people would assume someone falling or getting injured or so. Well, as far as I can tell, he didn't go and check it out. There was also an interesting comment from, and I know I need to check this out now because you always ask, um, the maternal grandmother of Kim Young Sik. <laughs> um, so she, Kim Young-sik is the, the youngest boy, the nine-year-old. Mm. Um, she said she felt a strange sense of crisis at around 11.30 as well. Oh. So, which is kind of interesting, but could mean absolutely nothing, but I liked it. So I, <laughs> I added it in. Um, so the day goes on. We have no reported sightings after the, the 2 p.m. police officer one, after she said she'd seen them at nine, mm. which I wonder is even accurate because maybe she's jumbled it up in her head or whatever else, but maybe it is totally spot on. Um, anyway, by six o'clock, the parents of the five boys were pretty worried. They'd started speaking to other kids in the area to find out where they, their children might be, but no one had reported seeing them since, again, that 2 p.m. thing. Mm. By 10 to 8 that evening, um, they went to the police and reported that their their kids had been up in the mountain and they hadn't returned. Um, police did begin a search. Um, there were mixed reports on how, urgent, um, how urgently they dealt with it. So the movie Children, um, they had it set up so the police basically told them to go away until the voting stations had, uh, had finished because they needed to protect the ballot boxes. Um, I haven't found any solid reports on whether or not that happened. <laughs> they did search until 3 a.m. Um, however, police quickly came to the conclusion that the five boys had just ran away from home. Hmm. Yeah. So um, Western ages 8 to 12, five boys just ran away from home one Tuesday. Um, but yeah, that, that's... It's, it's not impossible. But come but on. No, no, it should not be... Uh, you know, completely. Uh, you'd need something to back up that conclusion. Is yeah, what I'm saying. they they didn't they didn't have anything to back it up, um, because there were five boys um, like missing at the same time. It did start um, quite quickly gaining attention, and actually, it got national attention. So uh, soon enough, the police had to start taking it a bit more seriously. And in the end, they had over three hundred thousand officers involved in the case, and they even showed live searches on TV. Hmm. But because of all the attention, they had a lot of strange tips. Of course. Of course. Um, they had someone claiming to have kidnapped the boys who said that they were dying of malnutrition and that a ransom needed to be paid to get them back. Um, nothing ever came of it. There was also a, a call to Kim Young-sik's parents claiming um, that I am 
the frog boy. I am a frog boy, like super creepy. Um, there were also theories that um, the boys were abducted and killed by leprosy patients. What? I know. So this was really weird. I tried to look into it a bit more and finding information was super difficult. Basically, it seems like there was a lot of discrimination against people with leprosy or uh, Hansen's disease mm. um, in South Korea. So I I actually ended up pulling a PowerPoint presentation on it, which is kind of interesting. Um, <laughs> but there was also some, some good references to, to a couple of studies. Um, in South Korea, there was a, a 2005 study that showed more than 87% of people would openly object to a member of the family marrying someone with Hansen's disease. And only mm. one in five people would be comfortable using a salon or a hairdresser that had tended to, tended to someone with uh, leprosy. Hmm. So it it was a really big issue and they're all, they gave so much information in the slides about why it's fine if someone has leprosy and why it's not contagious and why you're not going to die and why mm -hmm. it's like da 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 da. But it seemed like there was a massive amount of discrimination against people with Hansen's disease. Mm -hmm. And um, one of these rumors sprung up that um, the some leprosy patients had abducted the kids and killed them because there was a belief that killing a healthy person could cure your leprosy. So okay, then. I, I was really trying to dig into this and find as much information as possible. And it, it was super difficult, but um, it was a really prevalent rumor that hmm. we had to look into a bunch of leprosy patients and see where they all were, basically, which is utterly bizarre. But yeah, it really is. Um, um, yeah, I do want to ask because, OK, in the beginning, you mentioned the Frog Boys. Mm -hmm. Then you said that was based on uh, mistranslation. No, it From, it was okay. Sorry, it wasn't mistranslation. Misunderstanding. Okay, okay, that makes more sense because then you uh, mentioned someone calling, there, saying someone that who called and said, "I am a frog boy." Okay, okay, that makes so, more sense. I thought it was just like um, the the mistranslation. It was a misunderstanding thing, mm. um, and I actually think it's super cute. So, it seems like frogs were really common. Salamanders were pretty rare. Mm -hmm. Kids were a little bit freaked out by them, but had this weird curiosity about the salamanders in the in the part of uh, the city. Yeah, cool. And they kind of nicknamed them uh, Tyrannosaur or like some sort of dinosaur name. That's that's <laughs> how they nicknamed the the salamanders, and they were all a little bit freaked out by salamanders. Hmm. So I think the the initial kids who were talking about um, the boys went to look for salamanders actually said the boys went to look for frogs mm. because um, they were a bit creeped out by the whole salamander thing, like they're mm. prehistoric, like they're Jurassic Park level creepy <laughs> stuff. Um, so that's where it seems to have sprung up from. But frog boys stuck, like stuck in their home country, stuck here. Mm. So yeah, it's it's kind of interesting. Okay, that, that makes more sense. But... Good question. Um, <laughs> yeah, so they 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 basically find nothing though. Um, they there was um, a lot of organizations that donated money. I think it it ended up coming to around thirty five thousand US dollars, which is you know a decent chunk for um, nineteen ninety one. Mm -hmm. um, but they, yeah, they they were still. They weren't openly saying it, but they were searching like bus stations and all sorts of things. So the, it did seem like police were still following the line of inquiry that they ran away. Mm. Um, 
And with all the tips they got in, it, it didn't make it easy. They they searched the mountain multiple times. They didn't find anything. Um, according to the Wikipedia page, it says they searched the mountain 500 times. And it's not a big mountain. Um, but okay. the- by, by all accounts, they did search it a lot anyway, even if the 500 isn't accurate. Yeah, but that's good, though, them being thorough on that as well and mm-hmm. not just saying, like, okay, we'll put some people at the train stations because, of course, they're going away. But yeah. being thorough on that makes me feel a bit better about it. Yeah. Um, but by 1996, um, there were no... There still hadn't been any breaks in the case. There hadn't even really been any leads. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have a self-proclaimed crime psychologist. Um, so, unfortunately, not a crime psychic which would have been way more fun <laughs> but um self-proclaimed crime psychologist which is a bit concerning um yeah and somehow almost less reliable than yeah. self-proclaimed crime psychic yeah because like, because, like come on what you're getting <laughs> you're, you can get accredited why aren't you um his name is kim kwang won um he decided to make accusations that kim yong sik's father um, had kidnapped and murdered all the boys and that they had been buried uh, either in his home or around his home. Um, okay. For whatever reason, police did decide to dig up most of the basement of the house, a lot of the garden and a lot of the surrounding area. Um, they, I don't think they like said it was because of King, Kim Kwang Won's uh, statements. Mm. I think it was more just like coincidental. But pretty much around the same time. Okay. They find absolutely nothing. Um, and whenever Kim Chol Gu, uh, that's Kim, uh, that that's the boy's father. Yeah. When he died uh, in 2001 of liver cancer, he died not knowing what had happened um, to his son or any of the other boys. And mm. uh, his reputation was pretty badly tarnished with the accusations because um, even though Kim Kwang Won was uh, kicked out of a few institutions and uh, organizations um, <laughs> and circles that, you know, you had respectable people uh, digging into cases on, he, you know, his theories were rejected. He did later apologize, but um, not until much later. So it's it's kind of sad that this boy's dad died with people believing a guy who had basically no evidence for what he'd said. Yeah, There had been a, a specialist task force in place for about 10 years. Um, so in 2001, it was disbanded. And generally interested waned in the case. So even though it was one of the biggest unsolved cases in uh, South Korean history, there'd be no clues. And um, the statute of limitations for murder was 15 years. So, yeah. Only 15 years? I know. Um, So it was also like only five years away. And with no breaks, what's the point? Um, Now, luckily, they didn't throw out all the case files um, because there was such interest in it. And that's not the case for a lot of these things. Wait, wait, okay, so partially the ridiculous mm-hmm. uh, static limitation period. But if that goes out, do they just toss all documents? It, it seems like in a lot of cases they do. They they don't retain a lot of the documentation past a certain point because they, they can't prosecute anyway. So I think that's they keep core files, but beyond that, they don't. kind of horrendous. I know. I, I know. I totally agree. Very GDPR compliant, but still. <laughs> What's the point in keeping this? Um, but things started to change 
On the 26th of September 2002, there were two men out picking acorns on the mountain and they found some children's clothing. So they called the police initially anonymously, but later they gave their details and had a full-blown chat with them. Mm. Um, The police came out and started searching the surrounding area and they found the bodies of all four boys. Um, Yeah, they were huddled together in a shallow grave. It was, again, just on the mountain where they'd searched many, many times and just a couple of kilometres away from from where the boys all lived. Hmm. And... Yeah, like it, by all accounts, it's somewhere that the boys knew. According to the parents, they knew it. They were familiar with it. Mm-hmm. Um, it it wasn't a weird place to find them. The, the only thing that made it strange was apparently this area had already been searched so many times. Mm-hmm. Um, so the police quickly came to the conclusion that there were no indications of homicide. And that because the boys were all huddled together, they probably died um, after freezing to death or um, of dehydration or something like that. Um, The bodies are described as being intertwined, which is kind of weird. Um, And the two youngest boys in some reports, it says they were holding hands, which is quite sort of sad and sweet. Mm. Um, But... At the, at the point when the bodies were found, the parents were actually allowed to come out to the gravesite. They couldn't mm. identify the bodies because so much time had passed, well, yeah. and you can imagine. Um, mm. But all their clothes were apart from them um, and their shoes were beside them. The shoes were, um, were what actually allowed them to identify them initially because the shoes perfectly matched the descriptions and they were well-preserved enough that you could you could tell that, hey, these are the exact shoes that the boys were wearing. So that was how they quite quickly came to the conclusion, these are the five boys we're looking for. Um, that plus one of them, um, Yoho Young, um, the 12-year-old, hmm. he wore dental braces hmm. and one of the bodies had dental braces and it it just seemed to match. The The parents really refused to believe that um, the boys had, had died after being exposed to the elements. It just didn't make any sense to them. Um, pl- plus like the way they're huddled together and like the clothes, the clothes thing. Clothes on the side. So the, yeah, that's really weird. So the police agreed to look into it a little bit more, but they didn't seem too thrilled about the whole thing. Suddenly, they find out that the clothes were tied, some of them, in quite complicated knots, like knots that you'd really have to be trained to know how to put together. Okay. Don't know how you didn't notice it first time, but yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, they they were set aside, like it, it, it all just seemed quite deliberate. Um, they sent, there, there are again some mixed reports on this. They sent the bodies apparently for an autopsy, but it, it doesn't seem to have been particularly thorough. Um, we know with three of the skulls, they were caved in and they showed a number of, uh, sharp cracks and holes, like from a, an, an ice pick style thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the boys that we know were affected by that was uh, uh, Wu Chul Won, who's the oldest, and then the two youngest, Kim Young Sik and Kim Young Gu. Hmm. So we know three of the skulls were caved in. They showed a number of sharp cracks and holes. Um, they were probably caused by something similar to a pickaxe, so pointy, but also had a blunt um, end to hmm. it. Hmm. And you could have put quite a lot of force behind it. Um, strangely enough, one of the skulls also had bullet wounds. Huh. Yeah. Um, they 
yeah, they also found um, a couple of shells near the scene, uh, a five centimeter long loaded shell and two one centimeter long empty shells. Um, we don't know if they were related or not. They did go off um, to forensics to be checked, but I don't have any reports back on whether they were likely to be involved. Um, the the bullet wounds to one of the skulls, um, it came about around the time of death, apparently. And it was likely to have come from a shotgun rather than any kind of a military gun. Hmm. Um, one of the the boys um, of the three that had head wounds also had defensive wounds to one of his arms. Okay. Um, there were bone fragments found that were taken out of an arm and sort of were somewhere else. So it, it seemed like in some way he'd been attacked while defending himself. Hmm. Um, and that was actually one of the younger boys that that had happened to. The oldest one um, had no defensive wounds. Hmm. So, um, there is a shooting practice field that wasn't too far um, from where the boys were found. Um, however, on the election day, it was totally closed down, so it was likely that no one was there. Yeah. Um, now, it was 2006 when the statute of limitations ran out in the case. Um, there has been a bit of a, a push to extend it or to remove it completely. Um, and sure enough, in 2007, it, it was raised to 25 years, but not retroactively. Um, so if, if statute of limitations had already mm. run out in your case, sorry, too bad. Um, but yeah, 2007, it was raised to 25 years. But in 2015, it was actually totally abolished um, for any first degree murder cases. So Ooh. it doesn't apply to second degree manslaughter or any death from an accident but it is possible now to prosecute however so that was retroactive as well that was retroactive Uh, the 2007 one raising it to 25 years was not retroactive Mm. so a whole bunch of shit got thrown out Mm -hmm. for a whole bunch of cases nationwide um and then 2015 they they abolished it and it's retroactive (laughs) and a bunch of stuff is thrown out it It doesn't seem to have been um, like they got rid of all the files in this case, but it also doesn't seem like they're doing anything with it these days. Mm. Um, the movie is actually kind of gives a, a nice little conclusion with it where you have the story more or less follows the, the truth. But so in the movie, you have a documentary filmmaker mm-hmm. who rigs an award ceremony thing um and is found out so he's disgraced and to try to fix his reputation he decides to go and and try to solve this case and it's it's all fiction i mean it's the the frog boys killing is is true but the rest Mm -hmm. of it is supposed to be fictitious um and it follows the house and garden being dug up of the father of one of the boys and that turning up nothing but um at a certain point in the movie he sees this guy being super shifty and follows him and even gets into his house and finds a bunch of kids stuff that belonged to the boys who were killed then all of a sudden his daughter is abducted Hmm. and she turns she turns up within a day and she's fine but it's enough to like freak him out and the police basically tell him you have to lay off and and then the end of the movie is the guy with all the kid memorabilia giving him this sort of like, you're not allowed to touch me look, and then presumably skipping time. They kind of leave it open. Hmm. But yeah, it's so there's a really satisfying conclusion in it. 
but or fairly satisfying conclusion. Um, that doesn't sound satisfying at all. I mean, it's more satisfying than what actually happened. So here we are. Yeah. Um, it's now 2018. Here are all the things we don't know. We have no idea if someone was actually involved from the shooting range. We've no idea why one of the boys was shot in the head and no one else seemed to have any bullet injuries or wounds or anything. Mm. Um, and the shooting range was closed that day. So mm -hmm. did people who shoot at the range go up and and fire some stuff anyway and then accidentally hit a kid and then they had to cover it up so they killed the other ones? And what's the deal with the knots? Like The knots is weird. Yeah, and the knots could point to a whole military thing, but then why is the shot from a shotgun? Hmm. We also don't know whether all the boys were killed at once or if there was a cooling off period because they did mm. search the mountain super thoroughly. So for all we know, the boys were taken away. And if one of them was shot initially and then the rest were, were killed later, mm. I mean, that could almost make sense. And then they were buried a long time after that, mm. whenever the task force perhaps had been disbanded or whenever... Um, yeah, there was less press attention because the task force was only disbanded about a year before the bodies were found. Mm. I mean, it's also possible maybe they were buried uh, more deeply and and changes occurred to, yeah, to bring them true. to the surface. But that seems a little bit strange whenever the, the guys who were out um, picking acorns, they found clothes, they didn't find bodies. Mm. And that was nearby. Um, but... We do know that the, the families donated the skulls of, of their boys to medical science research, hoping that hopefully they, they'll one day get more information on it. Oh, okay. But I, I couldn't find any information on the remaining two skulls. I know three of them had the blunt force trauma, mm -hmm. one with a bullet wound. Beyond that, I don't know. That was going to be my question with the other ones. And also if we know who was who, like the, um, I was also curious about the, um, um, like uh, holding hands into front fingers ones? Um, okay, so the ones who were holding hands were... It's it's rumoured, but Park Chan-in and Kim Yong-sik were apparently holding hands. They were the two youngest. Mm -hmm. um, the ones that we know had damaged the skulls were um, Wu Chul Wong, the 13-year-old who was in sixth grade, Um Kim Yong-gu, who is in fourth grade, age 11, and Kim Yong-sik, the nine-year-old, who is in third grade. Hmm. So, yeah, it was youngest, oldest, and middle were the ones we know about having the skull injuries. And it was either the youngest or the middle that had the defensive wounds, not the oldest. Hmm. Don't know which one was shot either. But, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that it's now possible to get a conviction in these cases. But you wonder if the statute of limitations was still in place, if we'd have an answer by now. Mm. Um, but, yeah. First of all, do we think it was Kim, Kim Yong-sik's dad? Uh, no. Yeah, me neither. I, I, I just think, think so. that's total <laughs> bullshit and not cool. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm trying to think of what might have happened like normally yes i can see what you were uh, mentioned with the um like accent might have been removed and then placed back at the mountain uh, while later but that also seems super risky right risky and tricky if you have like say accidentally shoot one boy 
Yeah. And then you have four boys that you need to threaten slash herd away from there, to figure out what to do with them. Somehow, yeah, I don't know. Unless they were held at the shooting range, which was nearby anyway. And then the bodies were just left there for, for 10 years and then reburied. Yeah, but just left there. I have no idea. It's weird because, like, yeah, that would open the following day, I would assume. Yeah, but I, I mean, you'd think the only way you'd be up there when the thing is shut down is if you have keys and if you have access. Mm. And if you have keys and if you have access, then you probably can get into all sorts of the building that regular members can't anyway. Yeah. And there must be a lot of secure spots in the building. The building must generally be very secure, like storing ammo and guns. Um, I, I should have looked into Korean gun laws, but... I didn't quite ask. I assumed that it was an outdoor shooting range. Yeah, that's the impression I get. Okay. Mm. Um, so maybe it was an accidental thing. But again, mm-hmm. it was closed that day, so... This is just tweaking and loosing the start of the theory just to push it in later. Uh-huh. But what if, okay, whatever happened, happened, but the kids were either killed or taken and then killed mm-hmm. and then possibly temporarily or maybe someone tried, they could like bury them somewhere on the shooting range or so. Ooh. It's sort of covering the uh, actual gunshot wound was just completely accidental yeah. by someone using the shooting range. Yeah. And they saw that that wasn't secure enough. They needed to bury them deeper or somewhere else. And then they moved them. It's weird that that would happen 10 years later. Mm. I Okay, do you think the bodies were buried on the mountain the full time? The, even though I just put forward a theory to the contrary, I do actually think so, yes. Huh. I'm, I'm totally of the opposite mind. I, mm. I find it so difficult to believe they would have been buried there the whole time. Like... I, I didn't read any mention of cadaver dogs, dogs, but you'd think that would be one of the first things you get out there. Normally, yes, but at the same time, the comments regarding the police's approach to this investigation mm-hmm. has been a bit like, Neh. Yeah, true. But still, it, at a certain point, it, it gained so much momentum, they had to at least put manpower in. You may as well do it, right? Yeah, true. Okay, so you think they were buried there the whole time. I really don't. Um, I guess that makes a huge difference because... For me, that's what makes this even more mysterious because I really don't think they could have been buried there the whole time. It's it's that these like clothes were found on the surface years later. Mm. That freaks me out. How is that possible? Definitely. I mean, land can turn over and and move, but but really, and it was a shallow grave. Mm. And I'm very curious about whether or not the um, gun casings had anything to do with it. Gun casings? The... Yeah, they find the two gun casings. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's tricky. No, I know. I'm I'm basing my um, my thoughts that they were actually buried there the entire time, mostly on. It might be a slight poke to the uh, perceived police ineptitude, um, but mostly also on the possibly dubious witness statements with the boy the other salamander egg hunting group uh, hearing the shouts and just that indicating okay something would probably have definitely probably have happened right on the mountain and at the same time working in the difficulty of trying to herd all these kids together or do something like hmm. if you shot one of them the rest would probably be pretty compliant 
one would think. Or the the whole creepy phone call saying I've got them and they're malnourished and they're going to die malnourished and they're going to die. But like, you said nothing came from that. I, I assume that that was... Um, I don't know that it was thoroughly looked into though, uh, which also makes me... Because I find it very... It, it was dismissed as a hoax. And I'm not sure if it was dismissed after investigation or not. Hmm. But... Um, they should have at least like said, okay, give us some proof of life or something. Like a comment yeah. even. But I mean... Hmm. If um, what if one was shot, two were killed with a pickaxe, and two were kept alive and actually starved? Hmm. And maybe that's why they're not saying they about the skulls and the cause of death because they don't know it. Yeah. It also could mean nothing, because they. I mean, they must have had thousands of tips, and then would just pull one out and go, "Hey, maybe it's true." Yeah. Yeah. The. Rock boy phone call doesn't seem to be um, that legit, though, especially not since they were actually hunting salamanders, I suppose. Yeah, just some arsehole. Mm. Yeah. That um, is mysterious, and I'm really curious to see the movie, actually. Yeah, I think you'll like it. Mm. Um, <laughs> the There have been a couple of documentaries made on it as well, but yeah, that's my story this week. Well, it was a good it's one. Mystery. It's not really, you know, satisfying with like so little certainties apart from the handful of specific head injuries. It's 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 really bizarre. Like mm-hmm. really, five boys go missing, mm-hmm. and and show up ten years later, mm-hmm. and the the sixth boy who was with them who wanted to go and play and only didn't because yeah. his mom said he couldn't. That must be really weird for him mm-hmm. because he would have been one of them. He must have been. Mm-hmm. And um, and it wasn't, it wasn't like it seemed like an unsafe thing to do. It wasn't that the other mothers didn't care or whatever else because it was so normal to go out there. Yeah. But yeah, this tiny little difference changed his... Pretty sure that boy will always listen and heed his mother's warnings though. Do you think? I mean, if you... You'd be haunted by it forever. Yeah, but... <laughs> if I, Always. No, no, don't go that far off the mountain because it's dangerous. Then all your friends go and see what happened. Oh, uh, I hope his mom wasn't smug about it. What? Oh, I really hope that that would be the worst. Uh, anyway, I think that's us. I think so. I was debating talking a bit about other things, but we can take that off air because I think we have a solid episode here. Yeah? What's your other things, though? Uh, or is it all fair? Okay, just really briefly. Um, because I had... I went through a lot of crimes before I ended on the uh, finished ones. Okay. This one. Just looking at movies and specifically movies inspiring crimes. You didn't find the Scottish one, did you? The Hills of Eyes? The I Scottish know inspira- the Hills of Eyes. The Scottish inspiration behind The Hills of Eyes is fucking insane. I did not know this. I almost did it. Huh. Okay, you were talking about you and then I interrupted. I'm sorry. No, no, I, I should probably look that up or will that be another episode? Um, inbred clan people abducting and murdering locals. That's basically it. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah, but still, I mean, the true story can be interesting. Yes. Uh, no, is that the Hills of Eyes? Because that's the Scottish thing. I haven't seen the Hills of Eyes. Hmm. That's the Scottish thing. So if the Hills... Okay. Maybe we should have a movie night instead. Maybe. I, I, <laughs> I don't want to watch a horror one. 
Anyway, go on. <laughs> uh, but uh, what I found, uh, so I had tricky uh, a trickier time finding mysteries this week. Yeah, me but, too. Uh, what I found, I was really surprised at how many crimes that were inspired by movies that took place in India. Really? Just from just judging from you know reporting and articles and stuff like that. Okay, appears to be happening a lot there. Uh, everything from there's a very popular movie series called the Doom series. Okay. Like, I think there are three or four movies. The first one kind of sounded like a more motorcycle-focused Fast and the Furious heisty thing. Okay. And then a lot of crimes. A ton of people have tried either their plans or wanting to be as cool and doing similar stuff as them. Um, what? Really... Um, uh, getting through it for more than a couple of days before they're caught or so. Um, but one of the most interesting things I found, so I think I did mention, if you remember our opera episode? Yes. Uh, with my crime there. I remember. Uh, I did mention I like that. that it inspired a movie. Yeah. Which they tweaked a bit. It's not like one-to-one, not documentary, but they tweaked a few things. But apparently there were a lot of robberies inspired by the movie inspired by the crime okay um according to two sources at least uh at least 15 cases of robbery have been directly inspired by that movie what with people trying to like tweak the heist thing and get through and like i mean the heist thing was super cool yeah yeah and it worked the first time that's a mystery they still go away but yeah, I thought that was kind of weird that so many people are just... I, I mean, guess it shouldn't be weird if it worked once. I mean, Yeah, but do you think this is more the law of averages than anything else? Like, okay, there are so many people living in India that oh, it's more likely possible. to happen with people in India than any other place because China, they don't report on this stuff in the same way? That's very possible. But interesting. <laughs> I think that's really cool. I thought it was fun. Hmm. But no, that was just my little side note on all my failed research. <laughs> so, yeah, thank you all for listening. And um, any comments, corrections, etc., as always, uh, hit us up on Twitter at Crime by the Bar. And if you have a longer rant or a story to share, then you can email us, crimebythebar at gmail.com. And you can get all the fun extras at crimebythebar.com. Quite true, quite true. So, um, I guess now we'll... Wish you all a very nice and hopefully long and festive slash cozy slash delete appropriate um, weekend. <laughs> Have a nice weekend. Have a nice weekend. Thank you. That's fine. We will. And uh, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. No, no, but that's... I should be... I can Warm air it. and voice travel upwards anyway. <laughs> Are you sure saying that upwards. I'm just blowing hot air? I'm saying there's some... Uh, <laughs> there's <laughs> some comparisons that can be drawn. <laughs> I don't mean that, I'm just teasing. It's been a while. Oh. Yes. Drink and don't analyze, come on. True, true. Best advice.